0: History Today highlights podcast number two. This week we discussed 2020, the year in review. This particular podcast every week gives you the highlights from all of the podcasts on this network that came out this past week. Let's start with the Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast, which drops every Monday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. On that podcast, we usually go over the music news of the week, do album reviews, talk about who should be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and go over the music charts of the week. This week's topic segment was 2020, the year in review. Here is a clip from that podcast. The year was 2020. When you think about it, the only things missing from this dumpster fire of an Armageddon of a year were killer nukes, killer zombies, and killer asteroids. Everything else in the apocalypse scenario was pretty much covered. 2020 was dominated by three stories that were all, in one way or another, intertwined. The big story that affected the other two was the COVID-19 pandemic. The original flashpoint was in China. Then, as it went through the rest of Asia, the Western world looked upon it with fascination, sure that much like epidemics before it, like SARS and whatnot, that it would and could be contained, for the most part. Most Western countries didn't even take it seriously. Some even called it a hoax, or said that it would all go away like a miracle. In America, all of that happened. The evening of March 11th would be the time that America would finally wake up. In two hours that evening, people found out that actor Tom Hanks and his ri- wife, Rita Wilson, contracted the virus. Then a basketball game was canceled when it was found out that player Rudy Gobert tested positive for the virus, now at this point called COVID-19, the 19 being the year that it was discovered not the 19th COVID virus. Then a travel ban was put in place, which had holes in it to be sure, but still was put in place. By then, though, the damage was done, as the virus had already started to work its way through the population for at least three months beforehand until it finally exploded. Businesses shut down as the world ground to a halt. Most states instituted lockdowns. Life as we knew it stopped for more than a few months before sputtering back and forth to life, shutting down in parts, coming back up in parts, but never quite back to quote-unquote normal. By the end of 2020, almost 350 thousand people in America alone passed away from COVID-19. There was, however, a light at the end of a really dark tunnel as at least three different vaccines were approved by year's end. An event that happened while people were in lockdown was the death of rapper George Floyd, who was murdered when a police officer kneeled on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds while George was handcuffed, choking him to death. That, along with all the other deaths at the hands of police and other people, along with people calling the police on black people for doing things like bird watching in New York City in Central Park, led to massive worldwide protests and also led people to re-examine racial discrimination in the world. All of this because while people were in lockdown, they watched the video of George Floyd dying. Confederate flags and statues were taken down. Racially insensitive mascots were changed. People who had a history of making racial remarks lost their jobs or were forced to resign, including media companies. Musicians supported the movement by stopping online music for a day called the music blackout. Personally, I figured that it would have been better if people had actually played music by black artists that day so that those artists could get some royalties, but that apparently was just me. Meanwhile, there was a presidential election to run in America. Primaries and the general election relied on mail-in ballots for people who couldn't get to the polls. Donald Trump won the Republican nomination as he had squashed all rivals when the Republican National Committee decided that Trump was the one and only nominee and no one else would get any help if they chose to go up against him. On the Democratic side, after nearly crashing out in the early primaries, Joe Biden won the Democratic nomination. What can only be described as the strangest election season in recent history, complete with Donald Trump getting the virus but recovering within a week, as far as we know, While one party staged socially distanced campaign events and rallies, the other party made fun of people wearing masks and held large rallies, helping to spread the disease to its supporters and also to the White House staff. In the end, Joe Biden won the presidential election, while Donald Trump refused to accept the loss and instead alleged election fraud, despite never showing any proof in court when asked to show the proof by the judges, some of whom he had, imp- had appointed himself. 2020 was also the year of the busiest hurricane season on record, as 30 named storms developed. So many that they actually went into the Greek alphabet to name them. An earthquake leveled parts of Croatia. Wildfires devastated parts of the western states like California and Colorado and also Australia. And a chemical explosion wiped out a good chunk of Beirut, Lebanon. Unfortunately, with this year came a lot of death. We will do the music deaths actually in another segment because they are worth giving respect to separately. However, 2020 set a record for deaths in America as over 3 million people passed away, the highest number since the 1918 pandemic. Add to that a bombing in Nashville, Tennessee, by a guy who wanted to stop AT&T from using 5G technology because he believed that it would lead to world destruction. In doing this, he committed suicide by blowing himself up in an RV and leveled four blocks of downtown Nashville in the process. When I say that the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory crowd is dangerous, I really mean that they're dangerous. As far as music went, 2020 was the year that musicians stopped touring and festivals were shuttered. Some musicians found a way to keep their fan bases without touring. Some even gained new fans by embracing live streaming. Sophie Tucker, for instance, started doing a daily DJ live stream that gained them a new fan base that had never heard their music before, but had time because they were all in lockdown. Music festival company Insomniac used their Twitch and YouTube channels, which which used to show archive footage of their festivals to instead put on virtual festivals just about every weekend, in fact. Twitch actually saw a major influx of streamers as DJs ran to the streaming site to try to make some money by doing DJ live streams. What once was, and still sort of is, made fun of, the bedroom DJ suddenly became a necessity for a lot of DJs. Some musicians started Instagram Live podcasts. Miley Cyrus even won awards for hers. Otherwise, musicians hunkered down and tried to create as best they could. Next week's podcast will be the History of the Record of the Year Grammy. Tuesday's podcasts are always the EDM podcast, where we go over the EDM news and charts, induct someone into our EDM Hall of Fame, and some other things. It also drops at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday. This past week, we discussed not only 2020, the year in review, but we also went over the top charts of 2020 along with paying tribute to those who we lost in the EDM community to COVID-19 in 2020, among other things. Here is some of that. Continuing on with the passings of 2020, rest in peace to singer Denise Johnson. Denise was part of the Manchester art scene in the 1980s in Manchester, England. She started as vocalist for the group Maze, then sang with Primal Scream. She also worked with the Pet Shop Boys and Bernard Sumner. Denise passed away after an illness. Denise Johnson was 56. Rest in peace to Dimitri DeWitt. Dimitri was a DJ in the 1980s. Eventually, He segued into DJ management, where he became Tiesto's manager for a good number of years. Dimitri passed away from pancreatic cancer. Dimitri DeWitt was 51 years old. Rest in peace to Dave Shelton. Dave was a major Chicago promoter. He was also the co-founder of the Chicago Club Medusa back in the late 1980s. Dave passed away from natural causes. Dates Shelton was 64. Rest in peace to Eric Morello. Eric was one of the biggest house DJs and producers of the 1990s. His big hit was under his alias Real to Real. If you've seen the movie Madagascar, then you no doubt know the song "I Like to Move It, Move It." Eric was found dead at his residence. The cause of death at that point was not announced, although he was actually scheduled to appear in court on sexual assault charges. After that, at least 10 other women came forward saying that Eric also sexually assaulted or harassed them. The cause of death was finally announced to be an overdose, accidental or not, of ketamine. Eric Morello was 49 years old. Rest in peace to Simeon Cox. Simeon was an electronic music pioneer and co-founder of the group Silver Apples, which was one of the pioneering groups in EDM. Simeon's cause of death was not announced, but Simeon Cox was 82. Rest in peace to Ronald Kalis Bell. Ronald was one of the co-founders of the group Cool and the Gang and wrote some of their biggest hits, including Celebration, Jungle Boogie, and Cherish. The cause of death was not released. Ronald Kalis Bell was 68. Rest in peace to Michael Zucker. Michael was the founder of the Final Sessions record label. He was also a DJ and producer. Cause of Death and Age were not announced there. Rest in peace to DJ Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster, whose real name was Tony Cook, was big on the UK bass scene and played at some of the biggest festivals in the world, Cause of death was not announced at the time. DJ Cookie Monster was 31. Rest in peace to Jose Padilla. Jose was one of the legendary Ibiza DJs who started the Café del Mar chill-out series back in the 1990s. Jose passed away from colon cancer. Jose Padilla was 64 Rest in peace to Benji Espinosa. Benji was the co-founder of DJ International Records, which was crucial in making Chicago house music into an international juggernaut. Benji's cause of death was not announced, nor was his age. Rest in peace to Chris Huguet. Chris was a British synthesizer designer who co-founded Electronic Dream Plant. EDP, as it's known by, produced such popular synthesizers as the Wasp, the Spider, and the Gnat. He also started a company called the Oxford Synthesizer Company, which produced the Oscar Synthesizer. Over the years, Chris designed the Base Station 2, the Peak, and the Summit synthesizers. Chris passed away from cancer. Chris's age was not announced. Rest in peace to DJ Chucks. DJ Chucks, whose real name was Tim Cole, was one half of the British DJ duo The Correspondents. DJ Chucks' death was sudden, although the exact cause of death had not been announced. DJ Chucks was 35. Rest in peace to Phil K. Phil K., the K stands for Crocatus, was a famed Melbourne DJ who was part of the duo Low Step and part of the trio, The Operators. Phil passed away from bladder cancer. Phil K. was 51. Rest in peace to DJ Spinbad. Spinbad was a legendary New York DJ and producer who worked on radio station WHTZ in New York City and was known as the master of the mixtape. Spinbad's cause of death was not announced. DJ Spinbad was forty six. Rest in peace to Victoria Lucas. Victoria, also known as Inkamera, was a French electro artist who collaborated with, among others, Zirkelo. Victoria also owned the record label Forma. Victoria Lucas passed away from cancer. Age was not announced. Rest in peace to Io. Io, whose real name was Garrett Falls Lockhart, released projects on Mousetrap, Dim Mac, and Armada, along with collaborating with artists such as The Grimes. Cause of death was not announced at the time. Io was 30 years old. Rest in peace to Leon Chu. Leon was a master cutting engineer who plied his trade at the Music House in London. Leon specialized in drum and bass and jungle dub plates. Leon's cause of death was not announced. Leon Chu was in his mid-40s. Rest in peace to Harold Budd. Harold was an ambient composer-pioneer who worked with the Cocteau Twins and Brian Eno. Harold's cause of death was not announced. Harold Budd was 84. Rest in peace to Pauline Anna Strom. Pauline was a composer of early electronic music back in the 1970s using a Tascam 4-track recorder along with her synthesizer. She stopped putting out music for a couple of decades for whatever reason, but recently had a rebirth of sorts when an anthropology of or anthology, I should say, of her work was released in twenty seventeen. It was recently announced that Pauline was going to put out a new album next February. Pauline's cause of death was not announced. Pauline Anna Strom was seventy four. And rest in peace to Ewan McLeod. Ewan was a Scottish DJ and TV star who helped to launch Beat 106 radio station. He was also a music correspondent for the Sunday Mail. Ewan's death was sudden and unexpected, although the exact cause was not announced. Ewan McLeod was 48 years old. May they all rest in peace. Next week's topic segment will be the extremely brief history of the best disco song Grammy. This past Wednesday and Thursday, we did two special free podcasts where we honored the people in the music industry who we lost in 2020. Here is a sample cut from those podcasts. Continuing on, rest in peace to Bill Rifflin. Bill was a drummer who worked with R.E.M., Nine Inch Nails, Ministry, among others. Bill was battling cancer at the time, although no official cause of death was given. Bill Rifflin was 59. Rest in peace to Eric Weisberg. Eric was a folk banjo player who was big in the late 1960s folk music scene. He was one of the two Banjo players who had an unlikely smash hit on their hands when his song Dueling Banjos from the movie Deliverance in 1972 went to number two on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, while his soundtrack to the movie went to number one on the Billboard Albums chart. That movie, by the way, is the reason why I never go camping. Squeal like a piggy! Trust me, if you saw the movie, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. It is scary as hell. Eric passed away from complications due to Alzheimer's. Eric Weisberg was 80. Rest in peace to DJ Gabriel Delgado Lopez. Gabby, as he was better known as, was part of EDM Pioneers DAF or Deutsch Amerikanische Freundschaft were big on the West German scene in the late 1970s and 80s when Germany was split between East and West Germany. No Cause of Death was announced. Gabriel Delgado Lopez was 61. Rest in peace to the legendary soul singer Bill Withers. Bill amassed a number of classic soul songs, such as Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone, Lean On Me, Lovely Day, and Use Me. Bill Passed Away from Heart-Related Illness. Bill Withers was 81. Rest in Peace to Krzysztof Penderecki. Krzysztof was a Polish composer who worked on the soundtracks to the movies The Exorcist and The Shining. Krzysztof's Cause of Death was not released. Krzysztof Penderecki was 86. 86. Rest in peace to Lou Kavaris. Lou was the original guitarist for the metal band Riot. Lou appeared on their first album, Rock City, before leaving the band. No cause of death was given. Lou Kavaris was 66. Rest in peace to Seppo Vesterinen. Seppo was a legendary Finnish rock music manager who managed rock acts such as Hanoi Rocks, Him, and The Rasmus. Seppo passed away after a long illness. Seppo Vesterenin was seventy one. Rest in peace to rapper model China Rogers. China, who went by her first name as her stage name, was part of ASAP Mob and discovered by the late ASAP mob founder ASAP Yams. China's cause of death was announced as an accidental drug overdose. China Rogers Was 25. Rest in peace to Vaughn Mason. Vaughn wrote the 70s roller disco classic bounce rock skate roll. Vaughn also had house hits Jack the Groove and Break for Love with his group Rays. Vaughn's cause of death was not released. Vaughn Mason was 69. Rest in peace to Larry Sherman. Larry was the co-founder of the legendary Chicago house music record label Tracks Records, who helped make house music into the cultural phenomenon that it is today. Larry and Tracks Records put out classic singles from Larry Heard, Frankie Knuckles, among many other legends of the early house music era. Chicago was the birthplace of house music, and Larry and Trax Records built its foundation. Unfortunately, though, Larry also had a reputation for putting out inferior quality record pressings and also for exploiting his DJs and producers by not paying royalties or giving proper credit and payment for the records. Larry passed away from heart failure. Larry's age was not given. Rest in peace to Richard Tetilbaum. Richard was an electronic music pioneer who co-founded the Musica Electronica Viva, which was an improv ensemble. Richard was also the first performer to use the Moog synthesizer in Europe and use it in concert. Richard passed away from a stroke. Richard Tettilbaum was 80. Rest in peace to Rio Kawaski. Rio was a Japanese jazz fusion guitarist who also invented the first guitar synthesizer back in 1979. He also ran the dance label Satellite Records. Rio's cause of death was not announced. Rio Kowalski was 73. Rest in peace to Paul Cooper. Paul started twelve-tone music and was also a record label executive with A and and Atlantic Records. Paul, Paul's cause of death was not given. Paul Cooper was 76. Rest in peace to Knox Phillips. Knox was an engineer on a number of records in his beloved Memphis, Tennessee. He worked with Willie Nelson, John Prine, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Knox was also the son of iconic Sun Records label owner Sam Phillips. Knox's cause of death was not announced, although he had been suffering from cancer. Knox Phillips was 74. Rest in peace to Barney Ailes. Barney was the sales chief for Motown Records in the 1960s, who helped the label become a force in the 1960s. Barney passed away from natural causes. Barney Ailes was 85. Rest in peace to Ebo Enyan Metropolis Graham. Ebo was the founder and MC for the grime and dubstep Bohemoth's Foreign Beggars. Ebo suffered an accident while at home. The cause of that accident was never disclosed. Ebo Graham was 41. Rest in peace to Hamilton Bohannon. Hamilton was a drummer who played on the road with Motown artists like Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye before going out on his own and having disco hits like Disco Stomp. No Cause of Death was announced. Hamilton Bohannon was 78. Rest in peace to Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee was a Detroit deep house techno pioneer DJ in the 1980s who also taught at places like Youthville, Detroit. The official cause of death was not announced, although he had been suffering from serious medical conditions for some time. DJ Mike Huckabee was 54. Rest in peace to Harold Reed. Harold was a member of the Grammy Award-winning country music superstar quartet, the Statler Brothers, who were big in the 1960s and 70s. Harold Reed passed away after a long illness. Harold Reed... Was 80. Rest in peace to Derek Jones. Derek was one of the founding members of the rock group Falling in Reverse. The cause of death was not announced. Derek Jones was 35 years old. Rest in peace to Oscar Cohen. Oscar was a legend in the music industry. His career spanned from the 1940s to the 2010s. Oscar Cohen was a theatrical agent with Associated Booking and helped to develop the careers of many artists, including Ella Fitzgerald, Bob Marley, Dr. John, Mary J. Blige, Duke Ellington, Anita Baker, and Rod Stewart. Oscar passed away from an undisclosed illness. Oscar Cohen was 92. Rest in peace to Horatio El Negro Fontova. Horatio was an Argentinian composer, actor, writer, illustrator, and musician. Horatio passed away from cancer. Horatio Fontova was 73. Rest in peace to Nigerian drummer Tony Allen. Tony, along with fellow musician Fela Kuti, was one of the Pied Pipers of Afrobeat, which combined Fuji music with jazz and funk. Brian Eno once called Tony, quote, perhaps the greatest drummer who has ever lived, end quote. Tony passed away from a heart attack. Tony Allen was 79. Rest in peace to Bob Fouts. Bob was the drummer for the bands The Gates of Slumber and Chrome Waves. Cause of death was not announced. Bob Fouts was 45. Rest in peace to Katie Groves. Katie, spelled C-A-D-Y, was a country music singer-songwriter whose most popular song was This Little Girl. Cause of Death was announced as Natural Causes. Katie Groves was 30. Rest in peace to India Adams, India was known as the secret singer in movies from the golden era of films, and it is her voice that you were hearing instead of whichever actress was pretending to sing on screen. For instance, it was not Sid Charisse who sang the song New Sun in the Sky in the movie The Bandwagon. It was India, with Sid just lip-syncing. India also sang instead of actress Joan Crawford in a few movies. India passed away after a short illness. India Adams was 93. Rest in peace to Scott Taylor. Scott was the guitarist in the 1980s British alternative band Then Jericho, whose biggest hit was 1989's Big Area. Scott passed away after fighting a brain tumor for a number of years. Scott Taylor was 58. Rest in peace to Adir. Adir, whose real name was Hamid Sheriat, was an Algerian singer who helped to give a voice to the Berber speaking Kabel people of North Africa. Adir passed away from pulmonary disease. Adir was 70. Rest in peace to Millie Small. Millie was a Jamaican singer who helped to make ska popular outside of the country in 1964 when her song, My Boy Lollipop, went to number two on the charts in both America and England. It also became Jamaica's first million-selling single. Millie passed away from a stroke. Millie Small was 73. And rest in peace to Bob Garcia... Bob was a longtime artist relations executive for a and Records. Bob worked with artists such as The Police, The Carpenters, Squeeze, Joe Cocker, and a lot more. Bob po- passed away from natural causes. Bob Garcia was 82. Every day we do a short podcast called Music History Today where we go over the music events that happened that day in music history along with some of the birthdays of musical artists. This past week's birthdays included Grandmaster Flash on New Year's Day, country singer Roger Miller on January 2nd, Beatles producer Sir George Martin and John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin on January 3rd, Michael Stipe of REM on January 4th, Dead Mouse, Marilyn Manson, and Sun Records owner Sam Phillips on January 5th, Sid Barrett of Pink Floyd and Malcolm Young of ACDC on January 6th, and Sean Paul on January 7th. I have also started a Patreon page where I have a couple of tiers up at the moment. Tier 1 gives you all of these podcasts, along with a minimum of 4 extra podcasts per month. Those podcasts on that tier will be the Top Albums Podcasts, the Top Singles podcast, the Top Dance Songs Podcasts, and the Music Halls of Fame Podcasts. That tier will cost $5 per month. And those podcasts will normally drop every Monday. There may also be another podcast added to that tier. It depends on the month, but those podcasts are guaranteed each month. Now here is a little taste of one of the podcasts that you'll get in that tier this actual coming-up week. A few years ago, Billboard magazine compiled a list of best chart-performing songs of all time. They went with radio airplay, sales data, and streaming data. They also took into account how long a song was on the top 100 chart, what its highest position was, how many weeks it was number one, how many weeks it was in the top five, in the top ten, etc., etc. Again, this has nothing to do with how good a song was only how popular it was on the Billboard's Top 100 chart. Number 100 is from a woman who finally ended her feud with Taylor Swift. Katy Perry wanted to write a song where she was warning a guy that if he fell in love with her, she would be his last. She wanted it to be dark in tone. Six people, including her, wrote the song, which was recorded as part of her album Prism, which became a huge hit. The song is a combination of trap and hip-hop, and its dark nature was inspired by the 1996 film The Craft. The song was recorded in four different studios in California and one studio over in Sweden. For Tier 2 on Patreon, you will also get all of the free podcasts along with all of the paid podcasts on Tier 1, along with a minimum of at least Five additional podcasts per month. That tier is $10 per month. The additional podcasts on that tier are the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Award Show History podcast, the Music and Concert Venues podcast, and the Music's WTF Moments podcast. That is a podcast where we go over the saddest, strangest, most controversial moments in music history. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast will also be on that tier, but it will be a weekly podcast. It used to be free. It no longer will be. There may also be another podcast added to that tier as well, much like Tier 1. It all depends on the month, but those podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast podcast will drop every Friday in the morning time at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Extra Tier 2 podcast, the Dance Hall or Dance Songs by Decade, Award Show History, Music and Concert Venues, and the Music's WTF Moments podcast will drop on Thursdays, one per month. Here, by the way, is a little bit of one of the podcasts that you will get in Tier 2 this month. Now, let's spotlight a Grammy winner. Lionel Richie was coming off of a successful debut album. Released in 1982, his self-titled album came out right after his successful run as lead singer of the Commodores. It had three top ten hits and sold over four million copies. Richie spent March through September of 1983 holed up in Sunset Sound and Ocean Way recording studios in Los Angeles following his uh, follow-up, trying to record it all. He enlisted some music studio heavyweights like producers James Anthony Carmichael and David Foster. Greg Fillingains, who worked with Michael Jackson, members of the band Toto, Steve Lukather and Jeff Piccaro, who also worked with Michael Jackson, famously on the Thriller album, and Thomas Dolby of She Blinded Me With Science fame. Also on the album were Richie's then-wife, Brenda Harvey, Richie's sister, Deborah Joyce, and a then-unknown backup singer who would start his own successful singing and songwriting career four years later, Richard Marks. Lionel either wrote or co-wrote all of the songs on the album. David Cotrain co-wrote Can't Slow Down, Greg Fillingains co-wrote Love Will Find a Way, David Foster. Remember, you get a minimum of 42 podcasts on Tier 1 and at least 50 podcasts on Tier 2. Plus, I may add another tier or maybe two down the road. I also have an OnlyFans page that is $10 per month that has all of the offerings that you find in the Tier 2 package on Patreon. For those of you who don't honestly like dealing with Patreon, and I can understand why you wouldn't. If you like what I do and the value that it brings and you want more, then please consider supporting my pages. And that is it for the Music History Today Highlights Podcast number two. For more music podcasts, check us out on all of your favorite podcast providers such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, etc., etc., and also on OnlyFans and Patreon, all under Music History Today. Thanks for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, catering, basically everything is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com, Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, etc., etc. Look for them all under Music History Today when you search for us there. If you would like to support this podcast, our paid OnlyFans can be found at OnlyFans.com backslash Music History Today, and our patreon can be found at patreon.com/musichistorytoday. We are also on twitter at musichistoryday and you can find us on youtube and spotify just search for us under music history today. Thanks for listening.